Granville T. Candyman was the Oh my god. Hello, welcome to Guides the Unknown. I'm Kristen. And I'm her little brother, William. And this week we are talking about the Candyman franchise from soup to nuts. Yeah. The movies, the book or short story. Yes. Whatever it is, William covered that part, obviously. We've got it all. Yeah, we've got everything. Can you believe it? Mm-hmm. Everything, including the short story and movies, which that's really all there is. Right. I tried to see if he appeared anywhere else. He's not in, you know, he's not a killer in Dead by Daylight, the video game. Oh, uh, yeah. They're, really, they made a toy of him, and that's about it. That's all, you know, there's no comic books or anything. Is it like a Pee-wee toy where it's like soft with a hard head and you can pull it? <laughs> it'll, it'll say, <laughs> that sounds like, horrible. Be my... Be my victim. Yeah, be my victim. No, it's one of those, um, I think it's the McFarlane Toys series. Oh, that makes sense. Movie maniacs. Yeah. So, but that's that's it. You would think this character is so well known, at least. Mm -hmm. um, Infamous. Infamous and iconic. The Candyman certainly is iconic. I don't think that he's ever really risen to the level of the Friday the 13th franchise, Jason, you know, or Michael Myers or anything like that. But he's a known. Yes. Character. I just assumed he would have appeared somewhere else. But no, it's the original Clive Barker short story, mm-hmm. the original trilogy of movies, and the brand new reboot from right? this year. And that's it. That's the Candyman story. Cool. Um, it's so, worth mentioning that we talk about the reboot on our Patreon. So if you're interested in hearing us have a long conversation about the 2021 Candyman, go to patreon.com slash pod and become a donor. Yeah, exactly. So that's yep. there literally right this second. You yeah. Could, you could pause this episode and go listen to it if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. We will not be um, talking about the 2021 movie in this episode. No. Maybe we'll you know reference it or something like that. But we're going to keep it spoiler free for that movie to be sure. Yep. But we're going to spoil every previous Candyman yes. thing. The original short story and the original trilogy. We're going to crack the candy shell of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let it all pour out. Starting with where it all began. That's right. So Candyman... Um, started as a short story by Clive William, Barker. I did the same thing as you. What? I thought you were covering the third movie, no? This is the short story, not the movie. But why does it say 1992 movie? I told you that I was going to make take notes on some of them. Oh, thank God. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> Terrifying. I thought that... We accidentally covered the same thing. No, 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 no. I took, I did take some notes, but then that's right. Okay, yeah, that was right there. Woo! Yeah, okay. I, I rewatched Candyman for this episode. I was going to try to watch all of them, yeah. but I ended up not being able to, so I accidentally just watched the first one. All right, we're good. Um, although I, I will, I will, I will give you space. No, it's fine. I'll give you plenty of room. Don't worry. Um, but no. So the original short story is written by Clive Barker, who also uh, wrote the or created the Hellraiser franchise and and many other things but so clive barker had all of these short stories that he wrote and he released them as the books of blood Mm -hmm. they were called so there were multiple volumes the story that uh, contains Candyman came in volume five of the books of blood somewhere around 1985 i didn't get a great published date but all of the books of blood seem to have come out around 84 85 and the title of the original short story is the forbidden Mm. The Forbidden. And uh, the Candyman in that story is very different from the Candyman of the movies. Uh-huh. Um, it's it's plain to see. I think, obviously, most people are aware of the, like, Tony Todd, deep-voiced, you know, Chicago-set Candyman. Um, but this is, you know, Clive Barker is a British author. Mm-hmm. This story takes place in London. He's a bit more of a candy man. He's a candy man. Right? He's quite delicious. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it takes place in London, and it's it certainly is about, like, you know, the Candyman movies are all about, you know, racism and, and and you know, the the original story is a little bit more about class. Okay. Class struggle. So our protagonist is named Helen Buchanan. Mm. Slightly different name from the movies. And she is doing a, a research all about graffiti. Okay. And to that point, she goes to a place that is heavily graffitied, uh, incredibly run-down building, and is just walking around trying to take photographs of like all the artwork that's on the walls. And it's graffiti, 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 graffiti. And then she discovers a room that has a face 
painted around the door frame that's meant to look like a, a person with their head thrown back and their mouth wide open and the door is in the person's mouth. Cool. And from a certain place where she's standing, she sees that it's not just supposed to be that the door that you walk through, if you enter the door, you're entering this you know, person's mouth. It's almost meant to be as if the entire hallway from the door is now maybe his throat. Oh. So there's even like a light fixture that she refers to as maybe su- supposed to be... The uvula? The uvula. Um, uh, and so, I don't know. It was just interesting. It turns the entire cool. building into sort of Candyman's. Like, you're, you're being devoured if you go into this building. That's neat. And where the Candyman legend stuff starts to come in. Because Candyman, the movies, I, I always think about as, as being about urban legends. And mm-hmm. it's very similar to... Um, Bloody Mary yeah. with the repeat Candyman's name into a mirror and he'll appear. That stuff starts to come in just by Helen walking around and talking to people mm-hmm. who talk about like, yeah, did you, didn't you know a guy was killed? Yeah, some guy got killed. It, and uh, uh, it starts to then become about her so- suddenly pivoting away from being interested in the graffiti at all and just talking more and more to these people about their experiences and people who maybe died so at one point um she's speaking to somebody who's uh talking about the guy that died and and starts to talk about the man who did it she goes he had a hook um like jack the ripper and then the next page um helen is now talking to her boyfriend or husband trevor Mm -hmm. and uh she goes yeah the man apparently had a hook instead of a hand okay but i I noticed that's not what the person she was talking to said. Uh-huh. She was speaking to Anne-Marie, who is a character from the movie. So Anne-Marie goes, yeah, a man was murdered and the guy who did it had a hook. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a hook. And then the way that Helen reports it to Trevor is the guy had a hook for a hand. So, so it's just a game of telephone. Already. the the And I went back to double check to make sure that I didn't just gloss over it. But no, rather than the book or the short story telling you right off the bat – we're going to deal with urban legends. You almost just have to catch that it's happening. Right. That like, no, Helen's already changed the story a little bit. Right. Off of one telling, which is, which is pretty interesting. Um, and then uh, as she keeps going back and back to the building, she starts seeing phrases, the same phrase everywhere, sweets to the sweet. Mm-hmm. And so in the movies, I'm aware of this, appearing places but in the book because it's a short story they take the time to sort of like think about them and ruminate them on them so sweets to the sweet the words were so benign why did she seem to sense menace in them was it in their excess perhaps in the sheer overabundance of sugar upon sugar honey upon honey um and it all just starts to become about like trying to analyze language and storytelling Uh she eventually starts talking to a very pretentious man at dinner um, who uh, uh, is like, you don't believe any of these stories, do you? What about the lovers and the escaped lunatic? Have you heard that one? These stories are very common. So urban legends just start to become yeah. a part of it. Um, and uh, eventually, honestly, I really, I certainly enjoyed the story. Um, but it's so much is about Helen just bit by bit mm-hmm. going down this sort of rabbit hole to where she's getting increasingly interested in the Candyman. So, like, she goes back to the building at one point and sees that the door with the Candyman face is boarded up. Yeah. Oh, somebody sealed it Sealed it up. I can't get in there anymore. She'll later go back and it's wide open again. Mm-hmm. So it starts to be unclear if she's experiencing supernatural things and doesn't realize they're supernatural. Yeah. Or... Or I don't know. It's it's sort of hard to tell the order of events here and what's real and what's not. There is a uh, so Anne Marie, the person that she spoke to, who was talking about people being murdered, has a baby uh, named Carrie, and um, a big uh, part of Helen talking to this pretentious guy is all about him saying, "No, these things are definitely not real." Tell you what, if you can prove to me that somebody actually died. At this place. It's called Butts Court. Really? It really B-U-T-T-S? Is. B-U-T-T-S. Okay. Like, yeah, Butts Court. It's a different place over there. He's like, if you can prove that there was a murder at Butts Court, I will take you out to dinner at the fanciest of restaurants. Mm. So when Anne Marie's... She's probably like, I don't want to spend any more time with this uh, guy. She doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. She Give me a that, gift certificate. She makes that perfectly clear. He's she, using... um. What the hell is that guy's name from Seinfeld? Who wants soup? 
Oh my god, Banya. Banya. Kenny Banya. Yeah, he's going by Banya rules. He's going by Banya rules. A friendship. So uh, when Anne Marie's daughter turns up murdered, and you know, obviously Helen is like trying to figure out what's going on, and she's realizing like, oh, maybe there are legends, maybe there is a killer here. The guy goes like, well, you've proved it. I'll take you out to a fancy restaurant. So it's all this like sort of like calloused nature of things. And um, I don't know. There's a lot in this book also about how murder brings attention. Uh Uh-huh. Because all of a sudden, like uh, with the baby being killed, when Helen shows up back at the building, she can't stay away. When she shows up back at the buildings, now these rundown buildings have tons of people there. Yeah. That are just like standing around looking around at things. It's almost like it becomes a tourist trap or something like that just because something horrible happened. Mm-hmm. So she shows up for the um, the funeral and uh, she sees that even Anne Marie maybe looks like she – maybe she's in shock, but she looks like she's not really mourning. Uh-huh. She's like maybe she's sort of enjoying that this is kind of about her huh. right, too. Like it – it does get. Can't in- say I don't relate. I know it sort of gets into that like sociopathic idea of like a funeral, right? Is attention for the still living. So much of it. I know, um, and so I want to um, be clear. I don't really relate. I'd just like to be clear. We brushed by that. Like everybody knows what we're talking about. Kristen is a, a revolting uh, <laughs> creature. We all know that. Just to be clear, yeah, we should. We really shouldn't gloss over it. Everybody knows that Kristen's a psychopath, right? <laughs> Have we ever said that on the show? Yeah, I lack empathy. She like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Attention is power. Yeah. Yeah. She wields emotions <laughs> like a cudgel. Like weapons. Like a cudgel. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, here we start to get into the true Candyman stuff. Most of the story is about Helen's investigation. Uh-huh. Very late in the story does Candyman actually appear. So here's the moment where it uh, happens. Um, Helen's in the room again uh, with the Candyman face. She's just able to get in now. Yeah. Uh, she bent down to look more closely and found a handful of sweets, Ooh. chocolates, and caramels wrapped in bright paper and littered among them, neither so attractive nor so sweet, a dozen razor blades. There was blood on several. She stood up again and backed away from the mattress. There's a mattress on the ground. Um, and uh, heard a buzzing sound reach her ears from the next room. She turned and the light in the bedroom diminished as a figure stepped into the gullet between her and the outside world. That means the hallway, because it's Candyman's mouth and throat. Right. Silhouetted against the light, she could scarcely see the man in the doorway, but she smelled him. He smelled like cotton candy, and the buzzing was with him or in him. That's sweet. Yeah. That's awesome. The whole thing, I love the way that it's yeah. written. I've, yeah, I it sounds I've really good. I've never read Clive Barker before. I haven't either. But I really liked it. And even him saying... The buzzing was with him or in him. It made me think of church. In him. With him, in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, they do this whole thing of like with him and in him. Yep. And uh, that's how Candyman is introduced. The first thing that he says is, I came for you, which is classic Candyman from the movie. Oh, absolutely. Everything is about like, I've come for you. I was obliged to come. Now, I read that Candyman in the book has yellow skin and a funny red beard. Yeah. So here's, here's what it is. He was bright to the point of gaudiness. This is bizarre. A physical. Uh-huh. Dis- so he's he, a candy. He's a candy man. Right. Um, he's not described. His race is not described. His age is not described. But Tony Todd, I think we like the entire appeal of Tony Todd is like he's attractive. He's got that like smooth he's voice. He's got a commanding presence. He's supposed to be in that in the Candyman movie like a seductive Dracula esque yes. person. Yes. Well, here's the original Candyman. His flesh a waxy yellow. Okay, so not so seductive. <laughs> Already not so hot. Uh-uh. His thin lips pale blue. His wild eyes glittering as if their irises were set with rubies. His jacket was a patchwork. His trousers the same. He looked, she thought, almost ridiculous with his blood-stained motley and a hint of rouge on his jaundiced cheeks. Ugh. And this I, guy does not sound like he's for me. So I wrote down, he's fudging weird looking, and he smells like cotton candy. <laughs> <laughs> I do love cotton candy. Who doesn't? So he's got me there. So he murmurs sweets to the sweet and stretches his hooked hand toward her face. Um, she could no longer see light from the outside world or hear the children playing in Butt's Court. <laughs> see, it's true. No, I believe you. All the legends are true. <laughs> so um, 
But, but say its name with everything. Butts, butts, butts. Um, butts he does some butts, classic Candyman talking. Butts. Yeah, <laughs> five butts. Yep, five butts will appear. That's right. an attack. Uh, he so he does. Uh, Candyman is a, a he loves a monologue. Yeah. So he says there will be some blame. He told her, they will say your doubts shed innocent blood. Although you know, like. Tony Todd's the one with the nice, deep voice. This yeah. Candyman's more like... I can't imagine this guy has a nice voice. But I say, what's blood for? Yeah, it's not for shedding. And in time, the scrutiny will pass. The police will leave. The cameras will be pointed at some fresh horror. And they will be left alone to tell stories of the Candyman again. Um, he's yeah. here because she doubted that he existed. Yeah, he doesn't like that at all. He doesn't like that at all. He thrives on people believing in yes. him. Much like Freddy Krueger. Yes. Which I think is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's basically going to start trying to insist that she believe in him and start to try to convince her that um, that if she were to die, she would also be remembered in story. Okay, yep. And it starts to work. Hmm. So a crazy thing that happens in the story, the the killed child, Carrie, Helen saw the funeral go by, the funeral procession go by. The body's not in the casket. The body's in Candyman's room, and she finds it on the mattress. She later is lured into a bonfire. It's bonfire night. Yeah. And uh, she's lured into the bonfire because Candyman's brought the body into the fire. And uh, as she's going in, um, she's thinking – at one point, she, she starts thinking to herself. She says, I'd prefer to be forgotten than remembered like that. Um, but then as she's going into the bonfire, um, she starts thinking, perhaps they would remember her as he said they might, finding her cracked skull in tomorrow's ashes – Perhaps she might become, in time, a story with which to frighten children. She had lied, saying she preferred death to such questionable fame. She did not. Um, mm-hmm. And she sees her uh, her husband or boyfriend, Trevor, mm-hmm. outside looking for her because she didn't show up to that dinner yeah. that she won with the pretentious man. And he knew what her story was and everything. So she can see through the fire that he's searching around a little bit. And she knows that he's he's kind of a scumbag, too. He's not a, a faithful... Mm-hmm. partner and uh one of the final things in the story at all uh is she pitied him in his bewilderment and wanted to give him though he would not have thanked her for it something to be haunted by that and a story to tell that's awesome i love that i love the way that this is written that's the way that the story concludes is yeah. with Candyman effectively luring helen to her death and the idea that your death becomes something that people have essentially rally around and tell stories about and are attracted to. We're all attracted to the mayhem. Mm -hmm. And Candyman is full of bees. Yep. And Sweets to the Sweet, which is um, all about excess. It's a Shakespeare thing. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't think Mm -hmm. I even knew that. Yep. I didn't know that until I researched today. It's interesting, though, because as much as I liked this story... It's so funny to see how it played out in film yeah, as being like sort of like modified and adapted mm-hmm. because this is so interesting, but it's also – I can sense that there's almost like an unfocused quality to it. Mm-hmm. It's – she starts out being about the graffiti right. and then learning about the legends on the way. Yeah, they're pretty unrelated. They're unrelated and like the, the Candyman figure – is just an oddity. Like yeah. it's almost like in the original story, it's almost the way that like HP Lovecraft would create a monster that you're not supposed to be able to understand. Uh-huh. Why is Candyman full of bees with waxy right. lips and he's got a hook? Yeah. Like it's it's just it's so many things. And it's it like a mad libs of a scary guy. Yes, a hundred percent. So it's almost like more puzzling mm-hmm. than anything. Yeah. Um, which I certainly enjoy. Sure. But if you're trying to make a movie out of that, you certainly start to look for like well what are the what are the usable things that i can build a theme for or yeah establish a character what can i build a character around yeah um and so it was not shocking to understand how the movie Candyman turned out from this story but i i i did love reading this story it sounds really good but yeah that's where he started as really an uh 
an inscrutable, impossible to wrap your mind around mm-hmm. uh, figure. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Okay, so next we talk about the movie that sprang from that story, Candyman, which came out in 1992. So they have a lot of things in common. The main character's name is Helen. She's doing research, but in the movie, it's a little bit more tied into scary stuff because she's researching urban legends. And she comes across the story of the Candyman and the way that you call him to you and how he's supposed to kill people. So was that not included in there? I can't remember now. No. So that's interesting, too. There is nothing about mirrors Uh in here, nor is there anything about saying his name five times. Yeah. Nope. Okay. So she hears this urban legend that if you say Candyman five times in a mirror, this scary bad guy with a hook for a hand will come out and kill you. And she finds that kind of fascinating. So she starts researching that, and it brings her to this... um, thing that had been a housing project called Cabrini Green, where a lot of the Candyman killings are said to have happened. And so that leads her to deciding to write her college thesis on the idea that Cabrini Green and the people who lived there used the Candyman legend as a way to kind of deal with the hardships that they faced there. Um, so... She's looking into all that stuff. Similarly, she's talking to a professor one night, like kind of, I don't think he's too bad a pretentious dude in the movie, actually. Um, He's that dude with the long hair. Oh, that's right. I think he's pretty I didn't rewatch it for this, but we we watched this together like not Not that that long long ago. ago, I I was really being more like, I think a little obsessive compulsive than anything. But Mm. she, at one point at the dinner, she goes, he's like, I understand you're doing some interesting research. And she goes, I'm going to bury you. Yeah. He gets all aggressive and he goes, oh, pray tell, how are you going to bury me? And she goes, have you ever heard of Candyman? And he goes, well, yes, perhaps you read my paper I wrote on it 10 years ago. Oh, she must have been like, damn it. And and uh, she he goes, you don't know the story? And she says, no. And he goes, then how do you plan to bury me? Okay. Like it's very, all right. It's pretty pretentious aggro. You know? So he is. Okay. So he has the story and this is the story he tells her. He tells her that the Candyman was this black person way back in the day who painted portraits of wealthy white families. And he ended up falling in love with the daughter, I guess you would say, in a family. And they carried on a love for a little while. Then her dad found out about it, and because he was like a racist evil dude, was not into it. So he and his cronies decided to like torture and kill this guy. And one of the things they did was that they cut off his hand, spread honey all over his arm and other parts of his body, and then let bees swarm him. It's a lot of... A lot of things. It's many different things. Not just a hook for a hand, but bees and honey. It's a lot of things. I guess the idea, right, like maybe the the vision or the the central idea of like, oh, I got a good idea for a killer. Mm -hmm. He's covered in bees. He's got a hook for a hand. Right. And then you have to start to go, well, how? How did that happen? Right? Yeah. And so then you have to now justify the bees. Yes. And you have to justify the hand. Yeah, totally. And those are two separate things. Bees like honey. Right, yeah, and he's oh right, and the can, and, yeah, right. candy. So, mm-hmm. I like I almost it's I know I'm not actually saying I think this is a good idea, but like if bees ate his hand, it would almost be it make more sense. It would almost be more clean, you know. It's just there's a lot of things going on. It would, but since it's such a story in some it's ways stupid. about like race and class and things like that, it kind of makes sense that. Well, but it became about race. You know what I mean? Like I think I'm the saying, first movie like, is about race. But I'm saying the original short story. Oh, you're yeah, going, yeah, oh yeah. I want to adapt the Clive Barker story, The Forbidden. Yeah. And you go, well, it had elements of class. Let's amplify that and take it further and make it about race. Yeah. I can that makes one hundred percent sense. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And then you start to craft this idea of like, well, shit. Um, the uh uh you know, horrific racism mm-hmm. could be the origin point yeah. of this vengeful killer. Um, and you go, cool. And then I are like, well, but the original guy in the short story had a hook for a hand and had an eight bees. So how do you get so that? So it's racism p- plus bees plus hook hand. <laughs> I know. It's, it's a whole So lot. it just becomes a, it, you know, by its, by its very nature, it's so much. Yeah, totally. Just like bees are so much in nature. So much. Actually, they're not. They're not. I hesitate. Save the bees. Save the bees. I, I signed up to save the bees I, right here at your house one time. 
Oh, is that right? I was leaving after the show, and somebody from like the New Jersey environmental whatever was like, huh? like on the door, and I was oh, like, really? what? Huh. And I signed up. Okay, anyway. Um, so, yeah, so she finds out all that stuff, and that his corpse was burnt, and the ashes were scattered on the land that became the Cabrini Greens housing development. So in the course of her research, she kind of keeps going with this sort of stuff. Helen is attacked by somebody who calls himself the Candyman, but he's later identified as a local gang member. This is not the real Candyman, but, you know, still scary all the same. He's using the legend for his scary gang persona. Yes, for his own gain. Real Candyman does not like this. And even though it's not Helen's fault, he appears to Helen saying that she has sullied his reputation by being, by claiming that she was attacked by the Candyman when it wasn't the Candyman, and now he must spill innocent blood to restore that reputation. He has, I want to read this brief, brief monologue. This is actually how the movie opens, but elements of this monologue appear at this moment in the movie that you're talking about there. And I just want to, I just want to highlight the one thing I don't like about it. Okay. Because I like, I like Candyman. I like Candyman fine. I have to say this watching that I did, mm-hmm. I liked it more than I ever have before. Okay. Um, but so the movie opens with him saying this monologue from, from later where Kristen was just talking about. It. He goes, they will say I have shed innocent blood. What's blood for if not for shedding? With my hook for a hand, I'll split you from your groin, groin to your gullet. With my hook for With a hand. With my hook for a hand. I kind it's, of like it in a weird way. Like, it's very much a thing that wouldn't really happen in a movie now. Monologuing in that sort of insanely self-aware way. It's not just that, though. I'm specifically hung up on with my hook for I a know. hand. Why can't it just be with my hook? Or, or I'll split my, you yeah. from groin to your gullet. Sure. What's blood for if not for shedding? I'll split you from your groin to your gullet. Sure. Yeah. But they just wanted to paint. I think, I think honestly, because Candyman. It's like a folklore like character. Not that he's yeah. not, but it's like a Paul Bunyan vibe or something. Paul Bunyan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like me and my big blue ox, like yeah. just saying the things that you're famous Candyman for. Candyman needs a pet. A big bee. He has bees. A great big bee that he rides around. Like Ant-Man. You know how Ant-Man yeah. can like make bugs big? Yeah. If anybody out there is listening who has and any sway in this arena. you can make bugs big. Oh. I mean, <laughs> you if you could get it in the movies. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking for somebody who can make bugs big. Yeah. No, but like uh, with my hook for a hand, they, they, it's because he shows up like 45 minutes into the movie. Right. They, they want to give you an idea <laughs> of what the hell this is. Because Candyman doesn't show up with my hook for a hand. It's, it's so weird. weird. So, okay, so he says that he needs to spill innocent blood to restore his rep. Then Helen passes out and wakes up in the apartment of a woman woman named Anne Marie, who's in the 2021 movie, whose dog is dead and baby is missing. It feels like Candyman basically framed her. And why did he do that if he wants his reputation back? He should want to take credit for this. Or did he control her and make her kill the dog? The dog's head is completely chopped off. Yes. He seems to be able to do fine all by his damn self and not need to control people. I am puzzled. Also, we didn't even mention it. I feel he keeps framing people and I don't understand it. I don't really understand it. <laughs> I will say, and it was fleeting, but watching this movie, I was like, oh, I think I get it. And I can already feel that it's it slipped gone. out of my mind. But like, we didn't even, we talked about how messy it is that it's candy and bees and hook mm-hmm. and racism, mm-hmm. but we didn't even go, oh, plus mirror Plus chanting. Yes, yes. There are like so many things. It's a a lot. It's a ton. Um, So he also like kind of frames her for the murder of her friend. And then when she's having a psych (laughs) evaluation because she's been committed, she wants to prove that the Candyman is real. So she says Candyman five times and he appears and kills the doctor. So she escapes. She goes to Candyman's lair in Cabrini Green, and he appears to her after he's completely screwed up her life. (laughs) All that happened to this woman is that she was attacked by somebody. They said they were the Candyman, so she was like, it was the Candyman. And then this guy has been, like, framing her for murders left and right. Killed her friend. Um, So he says that he will make sure that the baby that he has kidnapped Anthony from the apartment that she woke up in is safe. If she will submit to him, which she does by way of him kissing her and pouring bees down her throat, basically. 
And then he goes further and says that he will actually, not just that, I will release Anthony if you will work with me to terrify everybody in Cabrini Green. So she's like, okay, cool. But then he changes his mind and decides that instead of keeping his promise, he'll really solidify his scary legend by throwing her and Anthony into a big fire they've set. Right. Candyman is a jerk. I, and I'm not really sure what he's getting at. Well, like, the whole thing is that this is, like, a gothic romance. Yeah. This is toxic. Oh, he keeps it? making promises, <laughs> reneging on them, yes. framing her for all manner of things. So is the idea that she accidentally debunked the Candyman myth yes. by going gang leader. So now he can only haunt her because she's the only one who believes in him. Nobody's going to no. say Candyman into a mirror five times anymore because they all think, well, it was just some dude. No. But so she's the only one who actually believes, so he has to haunt her. I don't think so. And if that's the case, I don't get that. Well, that's the other thing. So I was watching this movie and I was thinking a lot about how um, I've heard, you know, I, I can't give a name, but I've heard many like filmmakers that I respect talk about how they wish movies didn't have to spell out every little thing. Yeah, a lot that of people say that. Yeah, that they wish that there was still a lot of room for ambiguity. And I think Candyman, the movie, might be so far into ambiguity <laughs> that I wish that they said a little more concrete. Yeah. Um, where it's like, I, I wish that he, in his many monologues, I wish at one point he could be like, they will think that you did these murders because of me. Or something like that. Yeah, like, something- he wants to empower himself, but he's making... Throughout the movie, he's making Helen Lyle the legend. Yes. And by the end, she will be a legend. Yes, because it ends with um, Helen saving Anthony from that fire, but she dies. And I didn't even mention Helen has a husband who's like a total herb. And he. um, (laughs) Prince Herb. (laughs) What'd you say? Prince Herb. Prince Herb. And um, he decides that after she has passed, um, to say Helen's name five times into a mirror, yeah. and then she comes a la Candyman. Right. So she's like the candy gal now or something. I don't know. Not a great um, direction for a sequel, the candy gal. Yeah. This doesn't sound as good. It's not as good. No. Now, a few things about this movie that I found out by looking into the trivia. Did you know that Virginia Madsen was under some sort of hypnosis for the filming of many scenes? Yeah, I did. I did not. Apparently, the director, Bernard Rose and she, um, this is a quote from Tony Todd, had been to see a professional hypnotist together. Every time she did a scene where I was involved, Bernard would take her aside for 10 minutes and hypnotize her with the techniques he learned there. This trance state allowed she and I both to probe deeper into our scenes and our characters. It created a real three-way process of bonding and trust between her, me, and Bernard. And then she said toward like they did that for a little bit and then she wasn't comfortable with it so she said we're not doing that anymore it's too weird it's weird it's incredibly weird in the movie you see her really her eyes are like all pink i mean i figured she was just acting got like a thousand you can you can act that yes you can yeah yeah, yeah. i think there's there's like a uh something i think it was like dustin hoffman uh was like you know basically starving himself for a role or something he was like i haven't had water in five days. Uh-huh. And Lawrence of Olivier. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Olivier he's goes, like, my he's dear like, boy. <laughs> my dear boy, have you tried acting? <laughs> yeah, Why don't you try acting? Something like that. It's like, yeah, you, so why don't you trust your performer to see if she can get there rather than Bernard Rose, you need to hypnotize her. So strange. Yeah. Um, also, she and Tony Todd took uh, ballroom dancing classes. So they'd be kind of like in sync and have this vibe of romance. Oh. Um, it's rumored that Tony Todd had a B bonus written into his contract <laughs> where he would earn $1,000 per bee sting sustained. It's pretty brilliant if you're playing awesome. Candyman to write that in. Totally. And depending on the source, he either got 23 or 26 bee stings wow. on the set. So nice chunk of change. So jackpot. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Easy money. It's like <laughs> there should be like. Nine Candyman movies. If I were playing Candyman and I got a thousand dollars per bee sting, yeah, I'd be like Johnny Knoxville in that diaper of bees. Oh, totally. Yes, <laughs> I'd be like, hell yeah, let's One go again, day of everybody. Discomfort, and then I get to retire. This is dope. No prob. <laughs> um, also, apparently, 
um, the there might have been some inspiration from a real murder that occurred. In 1987, there was a woman named Ruthie Mae McCoy, who was a resident of Chicago's Abbott Homes housing project. And she was killed by an intruder who entered her apartment through an opening behind the bathroom's medicine cabinet. Now that... I think the the, the medicine cabinet mirror mm-hmm. element is probably the best thing. Definitely. It's my favorite part of it's, it. It's my absolute favorite part of this movie. Um, and I think that Candyman summoning him from a mirror is purely because Bernard Rose read that story. Yeah. Um, and he was like... Well, oh. also, uh, clearly Bloody Mary stuff. Yes. But, but I'm know. saying, like, I think that since there's no mirror shenanigans right. in the original short story, I think that he was like, oh... Well, we're taking this to to Chicago. Yeah, totally. Here's something that happened. Too big a coincidence. And it would be so interesting to utilize that. And in the movie, they even, like, Helen pulls her medicine kit. She shows this to her friend. So her friend Bernadette is over in there, and she's, like, talking about the mirror and how somebody was killed uh, with the killer coming through the bathroom mirror in Cabrini Green. And so she goes, my building used to be one of those buildings. And she goes, the proof is this. And she, she removes her medicine cabinet and reveals the back of the medicine cabinet from the, the apartment next yeah. door. She pushes it in and you can see into the next apartment. Mm-hmm. And I, as I was watching the movie, I was just like so into it again. And it also gave the two characters a reason to be face the two of them together in the bathroom, looking into the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, it just starts to feel so perfect right there. Mm-hmm. Um, that I just, I love that. And it's so scary. I, I, I certainly, anytime I was a kid and we stayed at a hotel or something, I would get really creeped out when there was that door that opens, those two doors that can connect hotel rooms sometimes. Oh, yeah. It's horrible. That thing would scare the hell out of me. And I would open it to make sure that it was locked on the other side and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. The idea of, of some unknown person who, these walls are supposed to protect you. Yes. Somebody can come through them, you're screwed. Yeah. And uh, that I just think it's a fascinating idea. It's awesome. And um, just so everybody knows, there is a TikTok video out there, or maybe it's a series of TikTok videos, where a girl in New York realized that there was wind coming from behind the mirror in her bathroom. And so she investigated, and there was like a little crawl space back there, which is, oh, wait, actually, that's kind of a small room. Let me go in there. Entire apartment that was accessible from behind her bathroom mirror. So crazy. Totally. I, I watched that. As it came out, uh-huh. and it gave me like absolute chills. Yeah, it's really she was freaky. far too brave. Oh my she, god, I know she she attached a flashlight to her head with a headband and just like went in there. She climbed through the mirror into yeah. the other apartment, which turned out to have been boarded up and walled off. And like, oh my god, I so know. crazy. I know, worth a look up. Okay, so now we're moving on to Candyman two in nineteen ninety five. Can I say one last thing about Candyman one? Yes. So I found something out that Tony Todd did. Uh huh. So Bernard Rose, the writer director of Candyman, um, they didn't do much to flesh out the Candyman character's background. They said how he was killed, but he was like, yeah, Tony Todd is like a is like a a, a character study or getting into character. You can write the background of your character. So here's what Tony Todd came up with. Granville T. Candyman was the Oh my god. Was the scion of a rich black family in 1870s Chicago. Having gained fame for his portraits, Granville is commissioned to paint Helen, the ravishing daughter of a wealthy landowner. Granville demands that Helen pose in the nude as Venus, and her shock soon turns into love. This forbidden interracial affair brings the city's wrath down on Granville. Cutting his right painting hand off with a rusty blade, oh. the lynch mob then covers his naked bunny with honey, cheering. His naked bunny with honey? Is that what I said? Yes. <laughs> his naked bunny with honey. His naked body with honey, cheering as he's stung to death by bees. Well, some of this I do feel actually becomes part of the Candyman story as we go. Granville on. T. Candyman, eh? Granville T. Candyman. Don't because it. not very well in this movie is it justified that he's called Candyman. So I think no, he was it's like, really just that he's covered in honey. I, th- I guess his name's Candyman. Yeah, I think his name is Mister Candyman. Everybody keeps calling him that. Maybe so. it's Granville T. Candyman. 
Yeah, tea too. It's funny. I know. It's just to yeah. give pomp and circumstance, right? Yeah. It just feels fancier. Granville T. Candyman. That's amazing. Okay, Candyman <laughs> 2, 1995. <laughs> so the prodes- the professor dude from the first movie who was like, oh, do you know Bubbity Bub? Yeah. Um, is holding a lecture about Candyman in New Orleans. And he has he's written a book about Candyman and it has a mirrored cover, which I actually think is an awesome idea. Yep. And um, during the process of giving this speech, he's like, he's not real. It's an urban legend, whatever. And says his name five times into his mirrored book cover to illustrate the point. Also, we hear what the Candyman's real name is for the first time, which is Daniel Robitaille. I do love I do love seeing when you go back and look at a franchise, you see how the legend gets built. Yeah, Daniel yeah. Daniel Robitaille is not mentioned by name I know. anywhere in the original movie. That's why Tony Todd came up with Granville T. Candy. Yeah, he didn't have that information. It's so fun to see it come together. Yeah, totally. Um, so a dude named Ethan comes up to him and is like, don't do that, man. My dad was investigating Candyman murders and he was killed. Candyman is real. Not a good idea. Uh, then obviously Candyman kills that professor. And because Ethan stayed after to talk with him, he seems like a likely suspect and he is brought to the police station. So then his mom and his sister show up at the police station to try to help him out. And we meet his sister, Annie, who ends up being kind of our main character. She's an art teacher and... In the course of the movie, one of her students mentions candy. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I started writing just candy instead of Candyman. Mentions candy. <laughs> and uh, Some familiarity. Yeah. <laughs> I started writing down, like, classic Seaman. Check out the sea dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, candy. Uh, mentions candy. And, again, she's like, he's not real. Don't worry about it. I'm going to say his name and do the whole thing. And then, boom, her husband is killed. Uh, Candy starts stalking her, and it's revealed that she's pregnant with her husband's baby. For fun, every time Kristen says Candy, imagine she's talking about John Candy. <laughs> <laughs> A very different movie. Funny man, John, John Candy. Candy. Um, John Candy. Man. <laughs> so she's looking out into all this stuff because her brother being in jail is very tied now to the Candyman legend. So she's like trying to figure out what the deal is. And she talks to her dad's friend. Remember, their dad was killed while investigating the Candyman. And they say that part of the legend is that while torturing Daniel with the stuff that we learned about in the first movie, his girlfriend, Caroline, is it Caroline or Carolyn in the movie? I don't remember. Carolyn. Carolyn's dad taunted him with a mirror of Carolyn's. And in so doing, that mirror sucked in a piece of his soul. Right. Then Carolyn buried it at Daniel's birthplace and gave him the ability, uh, the ability to kill when called. So mote it be. Yeah, she so, yelled. so now we've justified mm-hmm. the, mirror the mirror thing. Yes, why there's a mirror Again, involved at all. Messy. Yes. Um, Annie and Ethan's dad had the theory that if you destroy the mirror, you destroy candy. So more people die. This is a horror movie. All that stuff is happening. The cops are now on Annie's trail a little bit, being like, this girl's around a lot when people die. Because again, Candyman is doing this stuff, but he's like making it look like everybody else is doing it. I know. Um, And she finds out that she's actually a descendant of Carolyn and Daniel. Um, She even grew up in the house that Carolyn bought. So she goes to Daniel's birthplace and destroys the mirror. There's flooding. It's a whole thing. It's very messy, but she gets her done. Later on, we see that she has had her baby and named it Carolyn. The movie ends with a little girl saying Candyman and Annie stops her. Just in case. Even though she seems to have banished candy to the mirror realm. Yeah. Now, I remember when we watched this movie together. Yeah. That I think we both came away from it going like, okay, all right. I don't think that either one of us particularly liked it. I don't remember liking it. Yeah. Really? I remember having a feeling of sort of like acceptance. Yeah. I mean that, like, you know, eh, all right. Yeah. But I do like I do like fleshing out more of the Daniel Robitaille it's fine. story. I, I know. think that that's kind of interesting. I basically like what I just read. I didn't really like right. the process of watching it. Yeah, no, I think the weird thing is that all of these movies, I like if you showed me can- if I didn't know the answer already, if you showed me the movie Candyman and asked me when it was made, uh-huh. I would absolutely say to you like 1985. Yeah, for sure. Something about these movies, it's like the film quality or Yeah, the, they also have like that Vaseline lens. They, yeah, they just all 
feel a lot older than they are. They do not feel like no. products of the 90s. No, for sure, no. No way. And uh, Candyman 2 is the last time until this year. Farewell to the Flesh, by the way. It's Candyman 2, Farewell to the Flesh. I didn't say that. Farewell to the Bees. Yes. Um, I keep <laughs> Candyman 3, City of Bees. City of Bees. Uh, uh, all year, anytime we talk about Candyman <laughs> just in our own life, it, there's something so enjoyable to me about switching those taglines to be even crappier. Yeah. To be Candyman 2, City of Bees. is <laughs> so funny. Like they just city of bees because we know that he's got the bees. Well, it wasn't even just that you thought it was funnier. You thought that it might be that. And farewell then, to the bees. And then you looked it up, and you're like, okay, it's not city of bees. It's not city of it's bees. It's farewell to the flesh. There's not even anything about a city in it. I don't know what. Right. I was yeah. Thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And it's then I was so like, funny. maybe it's Candyman Three Day of the Bees. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 Day of the Dead. Okay, I, I guess I I, didn't, I wasn't giving them enough credit. I guess I thought the bees were more important than they really are. Yeah, I guess they're not. I guess it's that, like, they're more you'll important s- in the new one. You'll I'll see. Say that. Yes, they are. You'll see like a bee, and you're like, uh oh, uh oh, he's about a bee. Yeah, uh, much like real life. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we need them, but I also, feel similarly. Whenever you see a bee, the part uh-oh, of me thinks, a bee. Uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> Here comes trouble. Danger. See a bee moving into town. Yeah. So, <laughs> so all right. We now jump to the first time that Candyman goes direct to video, and really the only time uh-huh. actually. So, um. The movies didn't do that well. No. They, I don't think they really lit the world on fire. Let's really call out the fact. Particularly also, not Candyman 2, Farewell to the Flesh. Farewell to the Bees. It was pretty universally panned. Right. Now let's also acknowledge the fact, I think, that Candyman being an early 90s slasher, mm-hmm. slashers were done. Mm-hmm. People yeah, were yeah, sick yeah. of them. Um, uh, the Freddy movies were doing poorly. The Jason movies were were doing terribly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Halloween with Paul Rudd. Yeah. Whoa. So uh, they were in bad shape. So it wasn't, I know, I know, it wasn't until Scream mm-hmm. that brought slashers back into style. And so I think that these movies underperformed for a variety of reasons. It was, it was a bad time yeah. to invent a new slasher. Yes. Um, but so in 1999... Now we've already had a couple of Scream movies. Right. The rules have been written about how to keep these things scrappy, light, energetic, fun. Yeah. Candyman 3. Fantastic. Amazing. Always changing. Always innovating. Puke on it. Poop it out. Whatever. You know what I mean? (laughs) Puke bees on me. Do you know what I'm doing? I have no idea what you're doing. Oh, come on, William. That Lady Gaga video where she's (laughs) doing that. Why do you think I don't know that? Because I've shown it to you before. It's like oh, one of my favorite memes. Then I guess I should know it. Yeah. So anyway. I have to show you after. It's awesome. I guess I'll have to see it again. <laughs> <laughs> It'll feel like the first time somehow. <laughs> yeah, because I had to censor myself. She doesn't say poop on it. Oh, really? Is this how she feels about her art? I don't remember what she's even talking about. Yeah, she, I think she's like, just get in there. Mess it up. Do it. Mess it up is right, I yeah. guess. Um, so Candyman 3 Day of the Dead goes straight to video. Part of the problem here, part of the problem, Tony Todd, this is allegedly at a party, just walks up to a guy that works for Artisan, a distributor, and goes, would you make a Candyman movie? Oh. They go, yeah, hell yeah, we'd make a Candyman movie. Enterprising. Tony Todd doesn't own the rights to Candyman. Yeah, right. So they're in pre-production on this thing, and then somebody goes, whoa, 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 whoa. hold on, hold on. What? Hold on, I think Sony, doesn't Sony own this? Get out, that's crazy. So they were almost screwed. They had to wait for Sony to decide whether they wanted to be involved or not, and thankfully Sony went, we don't care. Just, yeah, make, sure. just make a Candyman movie. That's nuts. And so, I can't believe they got that far. Uh, it's, it's, ins- it's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. So here's the premise, and this is even more wild. So Candyman 2, you've already established that Annie has her daughter, Carolyn. Mm-hmm. Okay, Carolyn's a child at the end of that movie. Flash forward 25 years. Okay. The main character of Candyman 3 is Carolyn, all grown up. Mm-hmm. Which means... That Candyman 3, Day of the Bees, from 1999, yeah. takes place in the year 2020. Does it actually, though? Like, it do they make it the future? In the year 2020. Do they make it the future in the movie? They do nothing. Yeah, that's what I to figured. To adjust the yeah. time period. You know, they, they it's it's just, it's, it's almost like they ignore. I don't mind that so much, actually. It's fine. It, yeah. it plays fine. I mean, you understand the limitations of the time. Yeah. It's just an odd impulse, then, to say, we'll set our movie 20 years in the future. Um, should we think about what 
you know, changing our society to look like it might in 20 years? No. Yeah, it's strange. It's a little strange. Yeah. So it looks it looks like a movie made in, well, I was going to say 1999, but it really right. looks like a movie made in maybe 1992. Uh-huh. So, again, baffling. The Scream movies have been out. Yeah. Yeah, right. This movie opens with our main character, Carolyn, played by Donna Dierico, I believe. From Baywatch. Baywatch. She is scantily clad. Sounds right. Walking through a bathroom uh-huh. with like bloom and glow. And with it, what? Bloom and glow. Like it, everything oh, just looks oh, the Vaseline the, lens. Like the way that they treat the film. Yeah. Yeah. And so the second the movie starts, like my my sensors start going like, there's no such thing as direct-to-video anymore, right? Because things go straight to like Netflix or something. Uh-huh. So you don't really think about the quality drop. But I was watching, I was like, this isn't a real movie. Yep. And then, I, you know, like I was <laughs> watching it and I was like, why does this feel like it's going to be like a Skinamax Is it? kind of film? It's not, but it just do- never feels right. The yeah. production never feels real. Okay. Really at any point. And, and Donna Diarico, um, I'm sorry. She's is just, she, I don't know. I it's know like weird. nothing about her. So she is meant to play now. You realize the Candyman's great, 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 great granddaughter? Right. So, the premise. They she, don't go through a romance, do they? They, they do. Yeah, I know it. I do. knew it. I know. Of course they Why do. Why would you waste the raw sexuality of Donna D'Erica? I know. Yeah. And this is the third time that, like, a white blonde lady is the star yeah, of a I Candyman know. movie? Yeah. It's just a little weird. Yeah. You know? So, she is the last remaining descendant of Daniel Robitaille. And she is the keeper of his works. She has all of his uh, paintings, uh-huh. including a gigantic self-portrait. It's humongous. <laughs> it's a huge, full-body self-portrait. <laughs> That's awesome. Of Candyman. Yeah. And so she, I guess, the premise is she takes these and she puts them up in galleries and people come see them. She's trying to restore the idea of the man, Daniel Robitaille, not, okay. not Candyman. Mm-hmm. And yet... The people that own the um, the gallery, like, have somebody with a hook come running through and act crazy for the scandal of it. And she's like, no, it's yeah. not what I want. But too late. They've summoned uh, uh, Candyman. Yeah. So uh, it's it's around this point that I start thinking of – thinking about Candyman again and, and the idea of his identity. Uh-huh. They'll, they'll do more to change his legend a little bit in this or flesh it out. They'll, they'll say they'll – ref- they'll flash back to the way that he was killed again. This time, everyone chants Candyman five times before he dies. Okay. So that's why you have to say it five times. Okay. Not three, which uh, would be easier to do. Yeah, from, I know. I think from like a performance standpoint and from a timing standpoint. I know. Saying Candyman five like times enough. is just a mouthful. Yeah. Candyman, Candyman, Candyman. Like Bloody Mary. Get yeah, right into it. Totally. Saying it five times doesn't feel right to me rhythmically. Me neither. Anyway, they said it. They chanted, Never has. They chanted Candyman at him five times before he died, and that's why... Um, and I started thinking. I was like, okay, so they cut off his hand. They replaced it with a hook. He was a painter. So they cut off his hand that used to create right. and jabbed a hook into it, which is now a tool of destruction. No yeah. longer create, destroy. Candyman used to be a painter, an artist's soul. Shouldn't he be flourishing and like painting with people's blood or acting yes. as he swipes you rather than – then ripping you from your groin to a, your gullet? Yeah, Shouldn't right. With his, like with his hook flourishing? for a hand. Yeah, right, like yeah, he's like turning Hannibal you Lecter. into a work of art, yeah, or something like that. Yes. It's just anyway, it's Makes really neither here nor there. But I'm three movies in, and I, I'm still thinking what's going on. Right, uh, there's so much Candyman lore. Yeah, so Carolyn, Carolyn is also hunted by the ghost of her mother Annie, who is dead now. Mm-hmm. Between Candyman two and three, she became unwell, seeming some sort of like dementia almost. And is believed to have killed herself eventually. Later it will be revealed that no, in the tub, in a moment of weakness, or is it an act of suicide, she summoned Candyman. Which just right. is weird and doesn't feel true to who the character was in the second yeah, movie. Yeah, why? You know? Yeah. Why just get rid of her? So anyway, as people are dying, there's a detective named Kraft. Real cheese versus candy kind of scenario. Nice. And uh, he is certain. Carolyn is responsible for all the murders. He will lose his mind over the course of the story in a way that almost makes him feel like somehow Candyman's using him as a Renfield. Okay. But he's not. This guy's Weird. just losing his mind. 
um, a gang of I think candy people who love candy candy men? people candy boys uh huh who just love them yeah steal all of Daniel Robitaille's paintings. Carolyn's in love with a dude that gets kidnapped, kind of like Candyman kidnapping the baby. Yeah. She's got to give herself up to save the boy that she loves or whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. She eventually ends up tracking the gang down to their hideout where all the paintings are. And Candyman's self-portrait is, I think, meant to seem like it's way up on top of almost like a pile of refuse or like a beehive or maybe Mm -hmm. it's also supposed to kind of look like the bonfire from Candyman 1. Okay. Except it's clear that it like is, you know, five feet high, and it just it looks like a high school production. Okay. And so she has to climb this thing, but she can't. She keeps sliding back down, and then <laughs> she finally climbs to the top, and she slices the Candyman portrait, I think accidentally sets it on fire. Okay. Which has the effect of setting Daniel Everything Robitaille on, on fire. Uh, the actual Daniel Robitaille? Well, the Candyman. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so he's uh, gone. Oh. And then uh, the detective Cheese uh-huh. uh, shows up with a hook. He's lost his mind. And he's he, lo- like Doctor Sartanian. He's like Doctor Sartain, and so he wants Sartain. to he wants to kill Carolyn. And then another cop shows up and shoots him first, and uh, she pins the Candyman murders on him. Okay, so that there is no myth of Candyman anymore. Oh, okay. Candyman will be gone forever. Okay, so let's talk about this, and I promise I won't spoil it. What? Candyman 3 yeah. ends with Candyman seemingly being gone for good. Wait, what are you not spoiling? Candyman 2021. Oh, okay. Which I'm about to say. Uh, so he's he's gone, gone, gone. And the movie takes place accidentally in 2020. Mm-hmm. And Candyman oh, right. is in need of, then if they're going to make more, he's in need of a reboot. Yeah. Himself as a guy because he's gone. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, to be reborn or something like that. And quite frankly, Mm -hmm. I sort of feel like Candyman 2021 actually picks up from there. (laughs) From the way you're describing it, it sounds like it kind of does. Do you think that was the intent? Of course not. Okay. I think... (laughs) <laughs> I think Candyman 2021 is intended to be what everybody talks about, like the yes. soft reboot or, you know, it's supposed to be a sequel to the original, although they do use the name Daniel Robitaille. They do. Which is an invention of Candyman right. 2. Right. And I do feel like it doesn't necessarily outright contradict anything, especially when you do the math and realize that Candyman 3, Day of the Bees, yeah. takes place in 2020 and this new movie <laughs> takes place now. So one year later, crack something open. So one year later, right? Daniel Robitaille needs Get a whole new. He needs a whole new game. Yeah, and there you go. So that's where that's where you hop. Door. That's right. That's where you hop over to patreoncom pod to listen to us talk about Candyman 2021 because we'll basically pick it up from right yeah there really yeah totally. But that almost wasn't the case. There was nearly in the 20 years it's been, there was nearly a Candyman four proper uh-huh so i do have some info about that okay so around the turn of the century after the year 2000 freddy versus jason is very popular yes and somebody gets a wry idea Candyman versus who who do you think well freddy and jason are taken yes so michael myers not a bad idea I mean, in terms of... It's well, I know, idea, I know. But in terms of trying saying. to pick an icon. I know what you're saying. I don't know who. Candyman versus Leprechaun. Oh, my God. That's horrible. <laughs> I feel... So that's horrible. Not, that's not even footing. No. For who? What do you mean? Well, no, like, they're Who's not... In tro- are you saying, like, <laughs> that's not going to be a fair fight? No. <laughs> of course the Leprechaun will win. That's not what I'm saying, but also that is true. No, they're not of the same caliber, even though I don't... Re- like, I... Just kind of like Candyman. Leprechaun is crap. <laughs> it's not, if it's not Scottish, <laughs> it's crap. Um, yeah, it is. Maybe we'll cover Leprechaun someday. No. You want to talk no. about Leprechaun flute? No. All right. So uh, that was scrapped. Yeah. Obviously, it doesn't exist. We know that it doesn't exist in our reality. Yeah. But uh, Tony Todd, when he was presented with a script, said, I will never be involved in something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Good for him. Which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for having some integrity. Yeah. Yeah. In 2004, he commented on the possibility of of just a Candyman 4. And here's what he said. He said, we've got an idea. We're just trying to get it together to get a script going, but we've got a concept. Quote, I know it will take place in New England. 
It will take place in a women's college. I know we're going to use the seasonal elements, such as snow. We're just waiting. <laughs> we're just waiting for the go-ahead to move forward. He also referenced how studios wanted to do Candyman versus Hellraiser. Okay, that makes more sense. But he knew that would suck, too. At least those are two Clyde yeah, Barker properties, right? right? Yeah. Um, years later, he would talk more about this women's college concept of Candyman for it, uh, bloody disgusting. Um, evidently, Candyman would have been a professor. He has cut off his... How? I don't know. He's dead. He's yeah. a, a dead ghost. Right. So, okay. good question. Go ahead. He had to... Did he apply for the job? I don't know. Did he What's put happening? down Helen Lyle as a reference? Is he tenured? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, he has cut off... His hook arm in an effort to suppress his monstrous, monstrous history, which, quite frankly, is probably a good move because Professor Candyman with that hook hand. Yeah. I think it would need be giving himself away. Oh my God. So uh, he says that Candyman never wanted to become a monster, which. True. If you're trying to really start from scratch somehow. And yeah, that's true. Right. He was he was a victim. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, let him try to not be a monster. Yeah. Anyway, so he says, quote. He was going to end up as a one-armed Candyman. He's trying to teach without becoming personally involved. It's kind of like the Hulk. If he gets too close, the curse would continue. Because it's not like he chose to be a villain. If people remember correctly, he was lynched. His hand was cut off under mob sanction. Uh, note, he was not lynched. I know, I was just thinking. That's uh, not true, Tony right? This is Tony Todd saying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, quote, people have to realize that at the core of the original Candyman was a great love story. That's why I wanted him in a female environment. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> For love. He's going to be blowing through that college. Yeah. That's also not appropriate. No, Professor. Right. Professor Candyman. Yeah. No, you're not supposed to do that until they've like graduated. Back off, bro. Yeah. Um, trying to keep his temperament in check until something happens. Oh, my God. Something horrific happens to one of the students and his inner compulsions return. We hadn't fully decided what that triggering event was. And then he says this, which I loved. He's like a shark, right? You don't want that. Particularly in a university setting. <laughs> that <laughs> a is good point. true. It's a very good point. He's not wrong. You don't want wow. a shark in your university But he wouldn't be like a shark setting. with what he's saying. I guess he would eventually turn and then he's like a shark. I get, Well, but, I guess he's saying he's like, you know, a gentle intellectual guy who... Yeah, until there's an inciting shark, event that turns him into the Candyman. A shark who's trying to be... A, a porpoise. A por yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is an idea. Now, here's an idea. It's like a werewolf, but it's a dolphin that turns into a shark. Yeah. Uh, Good. Keep it away from me. Be in the ocean. Yeah, be in the ocean, punk. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, the ocean. Well, there you go. At least that didn't happen. Yeah. So <laughs> we got the new one. <laughs> we got the Nia DaCosta Candyman That's 2021. Right. Uh, I think it's an interesting concept. I, I Candyman <laughs> is one of those things that I love talking about because yeah. there's so much. I know I'm criticizing the concept of the character, but I do enjoy, especially watching it for this. Mm -hmm. I feel like this was the time that really made it click for me uh -huh. that I was kind of enjoying everything that was happening. But um, I think it's such an interesting idea, and I love that it's rooted in urban legends. Yeah, I, I know. love all the conversation about legends. I love that the legend changes I know. from it is telling neat. to telling. I think that that's very interesting as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think it's undeniably messy. And yes. I think the messiness, uh, and this is a spoiler for our conversation, um, but uh, about the new Candyman movie, but I do think the messiness continues. Oh, yeah. In a whole new way. Oh, for sure it with does. With Candyman 2021. So, uh, everybody, if you enjoyed this conversation with us talking about the origin of Candyman and the original trilogy, um, I strongly suggest go over to patreon.com slash gttupod and hear us continue talking about the, the new movie now. We do spend the first few minutes spoiler-free mm -hmm. giving you our feelings, and we give you ample warning before we launch in and talk about everything. So if you haven't seen it, you're safe. If you have seen it, have fun because, uh, like, maybe ten minutes into the show, yeah, we 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 drop the spoiler free the, the spoiler free notion, and we talk about everything there is to say. And there's a lot to say. Is you know, as Certainly. messy as I find it to be, sometimes it's really fun to like, like I don't know, tidy up a mess or or strategize about what might yeah. be or, or or try to pick apart what is. It's a lot of fun. I really enjoy talking about Candyman. Yeah, yeah. It's good. He, he's got the goods. He's got the goods. Sweets for the sweet. 
We have all kinds of other stuff over on patreon.com slash gttupod as well. Um, that Candyman episode is one of, I believe, 25 bonus episodes to date. Yeah. But besides that, there are actually many bonus episodes. There are commentaries for all of the Scream movies. There's a really, really awesome Discord. And we super appreciate you supporting the show by donating $4 or more per month to us to thank us for the free stuff yeah, that we absolutely. put out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you get a ton of stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Not too shabby. No, not bad. Um, so there you go, everybody. Um, hope you enjoyed us talking about Candyman. I, I'm really curious to see what might happen next. Mm-hmm. But regardless, I strongly suggest everybody go read the original short story. Yeah, it sounds really good. It's it's really good. It it may have gotten me into Clive Barker a little bit. Um, and uh, it's so it's so different that it's actually kind of fun to see. You know, I love like rules and story. Yeah telling and world building and it's it's really fun to see where this stuff came from mm-hmm. and start to f- do the math in your head of how it got converted to yeah. what it became in movies I, totally. I love that sort of thing so definitely check that out books of blood book five has the forbidden the original short story but that'll do it for us everybody go follow at gttupod on all social media to keep up with us everything you need from us you can find at gttupod.com Com, the home of Guide to the Unknown, including links to our merch page on mm-hmm. Public. And if you'd like, you can even get in touch with us online. That's right. I'm at Chillin' Kristen. I am at The Myth Traveler. So, we'll be back next week for something creepy. Ooh. But until that time comes, we must travel. Back to the... N- 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 <laughs> I caught it from you. Back to the netherworld, go we. Don't blame. But it was your fault. Um, uh, Iconic. Is that? Would you say Candyman into the mirror five times? Yes. Would you say it's a fictional movie? I'm not that nuts. Would you say Bloody Mary into the yes mirror five times? Yes. Okay.